Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. So wait, let me get this straight. So I'm qualified to be a godparent? Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Mimi's. <laughs> Can't promise you're going to get the best today. <laughs> Here's what's going on. So I'm set up. It's lawn-cutting palooza up by my house. <laughs> so I am hiding in Jenny's room in my basement. Which my husband built an extra room and we name it Jenny's room. Even though she's in the basement, has no windows. Only because she stays here once a year, whatever. And um, so I'm down here. I have my computer on a 1940s Singer sewing machine. And I put a bunch of pillows around it on the wall so that I can, like, kind of soften my. Because when I recorded another podcast episode, I felt like it was echoey. So now I'm against pillows. Jenny has a lot going on on her end. Tell them, Jenny. I finally moved. I'm in my new place. And I'm here about, I don't know, five days maybe. So it's like a disaster. And I I need a different desk. But this desk is too small. And then and then my USB, powered USB thing died. And then I was trying to run all the USB devices off my computer. And it was draining my battery too fast. Fucking nightmare. I know. Fucking nightmare. So then I had to order that, and then Amazon can't find my house. Why is Amazon looking for your house? To deliver stuff. <laughs> but why can't so they I, find it? Jenny, are you finally off the grid? I think I'm kind of <laughs> off the grid, but I don't like... Uh, UPS and FedEx can find us, but our address is weird. Like, it's it's one address, and then that put... Because that puts you in front of the place. Mm-hmm. But there's another address that's on our door because... It's part of a building that's on a corner, so the other address is the entrance to a medical facility on the other street, because the first two floors of our building are a medical facility. Okay. It's a nightmare. Jenny, So, can, like, they they can't find it. Can I take a screenshot of your shirt? Because it's great. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me get it. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Mm-hmm. Hold on. One, two, three. Okay. Jenny's wearing a shirt, guys. It's like the Metallica font. But it says metadata. You're such a nerd. (laughs) (sighs) Whatever, Jenny. So you're in your new place. Are you loving it? I'm loving it. I just, like, you know, I was eating a burrito with a spoon the other day. Like, (laughs) I just need to get to a place where I finally got to a place where I can cook and eat here. And I can shower and dress. So, like, I still can't exercise or do easy things on the computer. Like, do this. I can, like... the, yeah. the essentials are covered. My Google Home is set up. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. Guys, she tried to call me from that thing the other day. It was like <laughs> a nightmare. That needs, that needs some work. It's like, yeah. are you there? Okay, I had the air conditioner <laughs> on. Oh, my God. Now, I have all my air conditioners off. So And, and this apartment, unlike the other one, gets a ton of sun. So I'm going to get real hot real fast. All right, so let's start this. Oh, I did want to say one thing. Jen... How Gen X is it that we have a podcast and our parents don't listen to it? I know. We were talking about this the other day. 
They just, they don't even know what's happening. They have no idea what's going on. So we could talk about them all we want. We can, we could do revisionist history all we want. They don't know. Guys, many of you in our Mimi B squad are, are parents, right? If your kid had a podcast, wouldn't you listen to it? If for nothing else but to control the slander that's going to happen? I mean, I would be all over that. But nope, our parents don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, they have no idea what's happening. Typically, then I thought maybe they just didn't know what podcasts were or no, couldn't handle that. But they do. They do. They know they because know. mom recommended a podcast to me the other day. Were you offended and she had no idea why? I just was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. Guys, today we're looking at Little House on the Prairie Season 5, Episode 12, Blind Journey Part 1. And before Jenny reads the description, I just want to issue a trigger warning with this episode. There is extreme racism. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Jenny. Extreme what is, and subtle racism. There's both, actually. There's yeah, it's, But yeah, the trigger warning would be on the extreme. There's a lot of racism. So if you're someone who doesn't want to hear that, skip on by and go listen to our Willy Wonka episode. Jenny, what is the description for episode 12, Blind Journey Part 1? The description reads, The building that houses the school for the blind is being turned into a hotel, so Adam and Mary are forced to move their school elsewhere. Miraculously, there is a place in Walnut Grove that can belong to them, but with no money for transportation, they must all make the journey by foot. Claxton is back. (laughs) Claxton is back, and it's that couple slash siblings. I want that couple run out of town. If they write the worst episodes. If they are not... If they are part of Hollywood still, I want them to be exiled immediately. Put them on whatever island we put Roman Polanski on. Keep them there. <laughs> Don't. I think you know the answer to the question of if they have a career in Hollywood. Today. I mean, this is so bad. This is, it has nothing to do with the journey. No. No. Not really. This is a different episode. Okay. All right. So we open on Joe Kagan. Now, if you guys remember, Joe Kagan is the black boxer from a few episodes ago or maybe last season who came in and Garvey was trying to fight him so he's back and he's going to be like a permanent fixture now and I love Joe Kagan happy to see this dude here yeah and he has his farm together Mm -hmm. like that was pretty exciting he's feeding some livestock and Charles arrives to tell him there's a meeting with the church elders tonight to approve his application it's the third time they're trying to put this application through and Kagan's all like again like are we sure it's gonna work and 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 i wrote apparently a black dude can't get into church so what is it which is it do you want him in church to be a quote-unquote good christian or do you not like what's going on here these are not good christians these are evil people and i don't need to surprise anyone when i tell you harriet olsen is behind it all oh my god well and nels is collapsing under her thumb yes yes the um, we should have a mini series like the endless search for Nels Olsen's spine. <laughs> well, they're because the the way the vote goes down is well, we're not there yet. Let's let's get there. Hold on. So Joe lightheartedly says the only place those folk, white folks think a N word should pray is here like, with the pigs. Full on and full on, full, full on, on, guys. And let me tell you wow. something. I was talking to my mom about this episode. And she was like, Amy, this is the world, like, we grew up in. And don't kid yourself, it still happens now. Well, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Right. But I feel like it's less widely accepted. Well, that's the thing. Like, it was jarring to just hear this on television. Yes. Yeah. But, Jenny, yeah. we watched this as little kids. I'll get into it. Okay. Back <laughs> at the homestead, Carrie says she hates division. Jenny? How the fuck is Carrie doing division? <laughs> she doesn't know what a dog and a cat is. And, guys, if you tune into our last episode, you'll learn Carrie is already three steps ahead of me in the math department. Well, she couldn't, like, write a number three, like, a couple weeks ago. She didn't know a dog was not a cat. Well, I already said that. God. All right. So, Laura corrects her. She means division. Albert likes school gem because he's always getting A's. So we've replaced Mary with another nerd. <laughs> Poor Laura. Then Carrie runs out of the house because she has to go to the bathroom. I don't, what is with That this? was so random. That was so random. And like, why did we need that? As she does, she runs past my man Charles and Carolyn, who are chatting about Kagan. 
And apparently, the Joe Kagan vote is always split this way. Doc Baker, Jonathan, and Charles saying yes. And the Olsons and some motherfucker named Mr. Larrabee saying no. I have a question. Why doesn't Rev get a say in this? Why isn't Rev the vice president? I wrote that down. Why doesn't Rev have... Rev is literally the head of the church. And if it's a tie, then why is it technically a no? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, like they, they don't do it. They need like, to do Senate rules. If it's a tie... Rev is Rev the tiebreaker. Tie so, Charles says they just have to get Nels out from Harriet's thumb. From under Harriet's thumb. Charles says Joe Kagan deserves to be part of the church. And Carolyn says what we all are thinking, Carolyn. She wishes Hanson was still running shit. Yeah. I mean, things were better when Hanson was running shit. Yeah. All right. There's no question. At the Olsons. Oh. Oh, 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 oh my God. Guys. There's some this things in here. I'm just going to read verbatim. They are not the views of Gen X. This is why. No, in any they way. are definitely not in any way. <laughs> At the Olsons, Nels is trying to make sense of why Harriet won't let Joe Kagan into the church. And she says, he's a good darkie, as good as darkies go. But I read the Bible. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're trying to do here. It's I don't know what they're trying to do either. Why are you not setting a better example for audiences of the 70s? I think what they're trying to do is, like, set up Harriet, Harriet as a crazy bigot racist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they're condoning that behavior. Mm-hmm. I think they're setting her up with that, and, like, everyone else around her is, like, against that. But they don't call her out on it, and they don't say she's wrong. No. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, that's the problem, is, like... You you could, you know, like, they're, like, all in support of Joe, and they're, like, trying to navigate around Harriet, like, you know, like, defeating her in the vote, ultimately, but they never call her out, and they never say, this is wrong, this is unchristian, right. this is right. inhumane, right. like, they never, and they need to do that, and they didn't do that, and I have a problem with that. Yeah, I agree. And I have learned that Michael Landon really has a lot of say into how these episodes go. As one of our memes informed me, Harriet's happening... I think it was Teresa, Mimi Teresa. Yes. Harriet's yes. Happening was Michael Landon's response to the Inquirer smearing him. <laughs> he is all powerful. So he, That's why, like, this is on him. He is the ultimately. omniscient executive producer. Like, he has a say here. What is he trying yeah. to do? Because, like, I get that they, they have foiled Harriet's plans and behavior sure. and stuff, but they never call her out and say, this is not right. Like, you can't. No. This is... You can't do this. Like, Nels... Okay, so let me get into what hair. Like, what, Nels should have walked out the door right. and said, I'm never coming back. Right. Like, you're a crazy bigot. Why would I be married to you? Correct. So instead, Jenny, she when she reminds Nels that the Bible says, look not upon me because I'm black, Nels retorts with, that's from the Song of Solomon, and it's not supposed to be used as hate propaganda. Actually, the rest of the quote, Harriet, goes, quote, I am black because the sun hath darkened me, and I am black but beautiful. Harriet says this only proves that even a devil can get into heaven. Holy shit. They have a Bible fight, which there's no winning a Bible fight for anyone. Like, no <laughs> one wins a Bible fight, right? Like, you can always find another passage that contradicts what... Yes. What... Yes. You know what I Like, it yes. just, you're just never going to win that fight. Yep. Jenny, I was an English major. I've been in many literary analyses fights. Yeah. Like, there's no winning it. Because you're always confined. It's like being in an internet fight, right? Like, yeah. you're always confined yeah. something that says the opposite. Yeah. So then Nellie pipes up and says, Mother says colored people bear the mark of Cain, and then they can't get into heaven, and they don't have souls. I have an index card. Thank God. Thank God for the index card, because I need wow. to take me out of everyone, this. Did everyone hear that? Did everyone hear that? <laughs> What is the Mark of Cain? The curse of Cain and Mark of Cain are phrases that originated in the story of Adam and Eve in the Hebrew Bible. So this is Old Testament we're talking about. In the stories, if someone harmed Cain, the damage would come back sevenfold. Some interpretations view this as a physical mark, whereas other interpretations see it as a mark, the mark as a sign and not an actual physical mark. The curse of Cain is found in the text in Genesis 4:11 to 16. The curse was a result of Cain murdering his brother Abel and lying about the murder to God. The earth was cursed when Abel's blood spilt onto the earth. Should Cain attempt to farm the land, it would not produce crops. 
He was also destined to become a wanderer, which is why they view him as soulless. Because he can't, like, I don't know, set up a farm and have a family. I don't know. At some point after the start of the slave trade in the U.S., many Protestant denominations began teaching the belief that the mark of Cain was a dark skin tone in an attempt to justify their actions. There is a theory that this belief may have started earlier, but, like, that 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 prejudice may have started earlier, but the Protestants clung on to that to justify slavery. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jen, you're taking a real risk doing a, an index card on the Bible. <laughs> I've people done a couple gonna, on the people Bible, People are going like. to come for you in some way, because well, you know... I just said what it is. I, know, I just you, said what it you says. You know 15 people will interpret it differently. <laughs> I just said what what that, what the Mark of Cain is, literally what it, the Bible says it is. I, I, I'm not making this shit up. First of all, Old Testament is not just Christianity. I know. And... There's so many different interpretations. Like the King James Bible says something different, and like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like there's all kinds of things. And like like hey, you believe in the Bible, good for you. Like I don't, but you believe in the Bible, good for you. Yeah. Like I'm not. Okay. I'm saying it's untrue from my point of view. Okay. And I agree. <laughs> That's our stance. <laughs> I'm an atheist. I'm not going to be shy about that. So am I. Okay. I feel like I clung on to. Um, Agnostic, agnostic for a while. You clung on to that for a while. Yep. Yeah, and then one day I was just like, mm, I'm done. Agnostic is the gateway drug to atheism. It really is. It really is. <laughs> I don't know. And we were both raised Roman Christian or Roman Catholic. Like, yes. But mom hardcore. and dad don't practice. They. This is so funny, right? Because I. I swear I think it had to do with, like, just appeasing grandparents, I think, I guess. Oh, yeah, right? probably. Because they would drag us to church all the time. But not, and, like, make us not go Graham. Church. Graham didn't care. It was our other grandmother. Yeah, but I also think that they felt like they had to raise us Catholic, and, like, that was their duty to do that, mm-hmm. and to, like, get us through the commandments, and, and, like, once we were all done, like, then they were just, like, they didn't go to church. We didn't go to church. Like, no. That was it's it. It's like we never spoke it. of it, guys. It's like it never They, they don't go to church now. No. I'm shocked. No. That ne- I can't believe that neither one of them go to church. And then we made a deal that if I, because re- I want it, I want it out. I want it out because I, wa- I was in, I told you this story, I think. I was in seventh grade catechism and they came around and they said, who wants to be an altar boy? And I raised my hand. They said, I couldn't be an altar boy because I was a girl. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I wanted out of the Catholic Church because I was already on the edge. But I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try this altar boy thing. Like, done. Done. Yeah. And I, I told Dad I didn't want to go to re- catechism or church anymore. And he's like, you have to receive confirmation. Once you receive confirmation, then you're an adult in the eyes of the church. And, and then you can um, and then you could decide what to do. Whatever. And I'm like, okay, so 13, receive mm-hmm. confirmation. That was like a year later. Mm-hmm. And then... He still made me go on Easter and stuff, but like mostly I didn't go too much. Me after either, that. and they did the same thing with me. And you know what confirmation got me, Jen? The only thing confirmation got me was a goddaughter I didn't want and a bad first wedding. <laughs> well, how, I don't understand how that happened. What? <laughs> Let's just say one of our distant delinquent uh, relatives had a child and could literally could not find anyone to be a godparent because nobody had all their sacraments in the catholic church except oh, this bitch here okay <laughs> so okay i did that for her even though i did not want to do it i like the kid it's not the kid's fault i just did not want to be a godparent yeah and then oh, and then you had to go to all the stuff for that wedding yes and then my first marriage i d- i had to hey guys Go back in the earlier episodes. I had to teach fucking catechism. (laughs) So wait, let me get this straight. So I'm qualified to be a godparent? Yes. (laughs) There's something wrong with that system. Right? Jenny, look at who your godfather is. I don't... Oh, who is my god... Who is my godfather? Oh, is it Uncle Joe? (laughs) He who shall not be named. Yes. And your godmother's uh, in jail, so you're doing great. I think she's dead now. Oh, she's dead. Oh, Jesus. I think she's dead from drugs or something now. <laughs> she was in jail. So your spiritual journey is being guided by two stellar Christians. Okay. Yeah. All right. But then, so so then, after we after they got us out of the church, they never went to church again. And my whole thing is like, I'm an atheist. I don't go to church. That all lines up. Dad's some Christian. 
Who never goes to church? Like, how is that okay? And guys, we can talk shit about Dad's Christianity because he, he doesn't, doesn't know. He doesn't know. <laughs> Mom went to church for a little while after her divorce. Okay. Remember? Instead of therapy, she went to church. <laughs> Again, wait, she wait, won't you know this. <laughs> well, and Amy kicked them out of the Mimi bees. <laughs> Amy's like, I kicked our parents out of the Mimi Bees. Don't let them back yep, in. Yep, don't let them. Jen, they didn't even notice. Yep, they, no, they didn't, didn't notice. even yep. notice. Okay, all right, let's get back to this shit show. Another rebellion name <laughs> that they just didn't even notice. Nope. So Nels loses his shit after Nell after he realizes like Nelly is a super racist as well. Oh my god, he's like, what has happened here? He loses his shit, but I wrote not enough, not enough. So Harriet says God is a white man. God is definitely not well. God, yeah. The concept stop, of God stop, is yes. not even human. Even, but if you want to talk about Jesus, who is God in human form, definitely not a white man. He doesn't he say that. From Middle East. He says God is a white man, or Harriet says okay. God is a white man. Okay. All okay. Right. And I wrote, if Nels doesn't motherfucking vote for Joe Kagan, I will lose my mind. <laughs> okay. So now we're in church, and we see Harriet saying that Joe Kagan is a pagan with voodoo and spells, and that. Those people eat people. First of all, she says he's pagan, voodoo, African witch doctor. These are all, all different. different cultures and all different things. Yep. yep. Secondly, she's talking about cannibalism in Africa. And then Nels says, this is America, yeah. not Africa. Nels, what do you think is going on in Africa? No. <laughs> not Nels. Like, that's racist, too. That's racist, too, though. Right. You see how right. that is also racist? But not Nels. The writers are saying that. Right. That's sure, a problem. The, yes. I wrote that here. Like, this is yeah. America, not Africa. So in Africa, that's happening? Right, right. Like, it's, it's okay. yeah. Charles says, Kagan's family has been in this country for 180 years, probably longer than theirs. And then, Jen, we meet Mr. Larrabee, who is just as charming as I Harry. think he's been around. I think we've seen him, and, and we will see him again. He's like the token ornery bastard. I haven't seen him, and he's a dickhead. Okay. So now there are seven people here, Rev Alden being the seventh, and they do address now why he can't vote. I still don't get why he they can't say vote. That, they say that, okay, here's it. why. Because this church board is all powerful. <laughs> and this church board has the, like, they vote on who the reverend is. So they technically have power over him. Okay, great. So then he should, he would have to recuse himself from those votes but why can't he vote in the other in anything else i don't know i don't know they just don't know how to run this all right so there are seven people here again rev alden is the seventh and they take the vote and jen nels finally finds his spine and votes yes joe kagan can be a member of the church yes and Nels is like, I'm I'm going to be in hell on earth, even if I'm going to heaven because of this vote. Nels is not in for a pleasant time when he goes home. I just wrote, Nels is dead. Mm-hmm. Nels is dead, mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> so Charles and Jonathan go to tell Joe Kagan that he's allowed to walk through the church doorway. Yay! Joe Kagan calls Charles Charlie Boy, and I'm kind of here for it. Oh, okay. okay. All right, now we're in Winoka and we see the blind school. The headmaster comes in and he's not looking happy. The headmaster, I should know his name because I feel like he's in a lot, but I don't. So he's just headmaster. He looks like he should be in Great Expectations. Yes, he's very Dickens. Doesn't he? Dickens, Dick, Dickens, yeah, he's a Dickens character. He interrupts the class and in front of the whole class, even the children, like does not call Mary and Adam to the side. No. He's like, guess what, everyone? The church, the building's being sold to support the church, which is losing money. And I wrote probably because they're racist. And he's like, <laughs> it's the end of school as you know it. And the kids are just like, uh, To be fair, okay. the church is not the only p- institution that's racist at this point in time. So, Jen, he literally tells a whole room full of young children, blind children, that they have nowhere to go now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go, these dude. kids are going to be traumatized. They have 30 days. And the new buyer is Standish. This was like a live action eviction. <laughs> it really was. Standish is going to turn the building into a new hotel. That guy is such a ray of sunshine. Okay. Now there's a talk about Mrs. Tahoon. So we know she it's Hester Sue. Hester Sue. Hester Sue. Yay. We know she's a black woman. 
yes, no one else do. knows this. Well, but no, the viewer wouldn't know at the time right. either. So the yeah. dean says Mrs. Tahoon's school was also closing and she was going to come here. So now, you know, there's two schools out of business. And he says Mrs. Tahoon was cited and she would have been such a big help. So now mm-hmm. he'll have to tell her. Okay. Back in Walnut Grove, Charles is, oh my God, the way he's sitting on that porch with his oh, leg up God, in the air. Please. He is so cute. He's reading a letter from Mary to the Garveys and to Rev. I don't know why everyone's hanging out with Rev on the Garveys. It's the Garveys. Um, remember they had the outdoor dining? They're yes. back in that spot. Yes. Okay. So they have a nice porch. Yes, they do. So Rev comes up. He's reading the letter to Mary. He says what's going on. And Rev comes up with an idea. Hanson's house. Did Hanson live in that house? Well, you know that the Widow Thurman and Amos Pike lived in that house. Let's be real. I know. Like, <laughs> were they supposed to? But were they supposed to be the same houses, or what, were they no, supposed to be different houses? No, they were supposed houses? to be different houses. Okay. So Rev says, in Hanson's will, he left it up to Rev what to do with his house. And Rev Thank has God. been unable to sell it because it's so huge and fancy, nobody can really afford it. And do you, do um, you notice that... Just sell it for that, less, dude. What are you doing? Do you notice that Rev is like, makes very clear that he has absolute control over yes, this decision? Yes, he does three times. <laughs> he says that like five times. Yeah. It needs fixing, but we could do it. Caroline is all excited. She's like, this is perfect. Mary and Adam could come back to town. She's so excited. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Just when we thought we got rid of Mary. Okay. All right. Carolyn's excited, but they have to run it past the congregation. And I wrote, well, oh, no. Rev doesn't, Rev doesn't have to, but he wants to get some buy-in on this. Yes. So oh, I get no. it. That makes sense. When Harriet is in your congregation. I know. It's just going to end badly. At Mass, Charles gets up and announces the blind school is closing. And then Rev, they tag team this. Charles yes. gets up and makes the bad news announcement. And then Rev gets up and makes a case for them giving Hanson's house to the blind school. Rev says, in the will, it's his discretion, like he says it again. But, <laughs> duh, 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 he wants to take a vote. And I wrote, no! When they first came into the scene, and he's like, I want to read a script from the scriptures. I'm like, do I have to sit through another mass? <laughs> they start to take a vote, and Joe Kagan stands up and immediately donates a pig for their food. Again, the man they wouldn't let in church is probably the most Christian the first of all one, of them. The first one mm-hmm. to... To offer something. All right. Others, Jenny, chime in and they donate wheat for eating and stuff like that. So Harriet mm-hmm. then stands up and she says she will donate all of the building supplies if yes. they name the school after her. No, she says and the plaque she'll donate right. as well. She doesn't She doesn't give a like, <laughs> I'll do that if you do this. She just does it. Right. She's like, and I'll donate the plaque that says it's the Harriet Olson School for the Blind. <laughs> for the advancement of blind children. That's what she says. Oh, my God. Okay. Now we have a telegram going back to the blind school. The headmaster reads it and once again interrupts the class, does this in front of the children. Everyone's saved. Charles has saved the day. It's a letter from Pa saying they can adopt the school and transport will follow. I am so in love with Charles Ingalls. And when and whenever he just writes these little things, I'm like, of course Pa's going to save the day. Right. Of course okay. he is. Okay. Stop it. All right. <laughs> Now the headmaster pulls Adam aside and gives him the blind school. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> Basically, but like, that that was the least emotional, emotional exchange I've ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm me. And I mean, saying we that. know Adam has it in him to be quite dramatic. We saw him in the rage corner. <laughs> I know, he totally was in the rage corner. I have to tell you, I was editing that episode, guys, in the wedding, which was our last episode that you would be hearing. Adam's in the rage corner and I was drinking my coffee while I was editing it and I did a spit take all over my desk when <laughs> Jenny does said that, like melts corner. down the wall. Like, <laughs> he throws like a physical fit. He does. Okay. So they have a fake touching moment in which Adam says the headmaster's like a father to him. Now Yeah, but like they're they have no emotion, no emotion between them. Now we have the getting the blind school ready montage. Yes. Yep. And this is totally the Amos Pike house. It's totally the Widow Thurman's house. Yep. Right? Yeah. Definitely it is. the Amos P- yeah. Pike house. And it's also the house where the James gang hung out. Yes. Definitely. Unless yeah. they have five houses that look alike, which they could They didn't be. build. Why would you do that on a movie set? You'd build them to look different. There would be no reason yeah, to build five that true. look the same. That's true. 
Who knows how much Michael Landon money there was flown into this gas, Jen? All right, so Charles gets a letter from Mary, and they discuss there is another blind school coming in with Mary's. It's Mrs. Tahoon from St. Louis, and Harriet freaks out. She's like, Tahoon's? Tahoon's from St. Louis? St. Louis, Tahoon's. She's so excited because she says they're aristocrats. And they're and Charles is like, why would an aristocrat, aristocrat, I always have trouble with that word, okay. come, come and get free rent? And Harriet's like, they're eccentric. And he goes, you mean cheap? Charles says now they have more people and they need another driver so he asks Joe Kagan again the only Christian around and Joe Kagan says yes he'll do it yes that night we're at the Olsons and Harriet is super excited about the St. Louis Tahoon Harriet announces she's going to take the stage into Anoka and travel back with the blind school because she wants (sighs) to meet her fellow philanthropist Mrs. Tahoon Oh, God. Harriet also says she's going to redecorate Mrs. Tahoon's bedroom in the blind school by giving her all of their furniture. And she ordered new furniture, which isn't going to come till she gets back. So Nels has to basically sleep on the floor for a week. Or or who, who knows how long. Because I'll get to it. I'll get to it in a minute. Who okay. knows how long this trip is. Now we're in Winoka and Charles and Kagan arrive. And Mary and Adam are packing up the school. Well, wait, can we discuss the... Okay, so we see them going through some rivers and stuff, traveling, him and Joe. Mm-hmm. I thought this trip was three weeks. Did three weeks go by? <laughs> right? I guess. I guess three weeks did go by. So is Nell sleeping on the couch for like a month and a half? <laughs> Where I'm sure Nels doesn't care. I think he cares. and He's lucky he's not dead, so... So, Paul... Jenny, I wrote... Adam and Mary are packing up the school. Could you imagine doing all the moving that you did while you were blind? No. Wow. No. There are better people than I am. They're more capable. Paul and Joe get there, and Joe notices... I wrote, the horses are defective in some way? They're... They're, they're like, like, ribs were sticking out. They were, like, old, worn-out horses. Apparently, Jen, Adam got ripped off buying horses, and it was Standish who ripped them off. Shocking. So Charles is like, I'm going to take care of this motherfucker right now. <laughs> This was actually really Heads good. over to like the saloon with the horses. He's going to kick ass, but at least he has a boxer with him this time. That's true. He's got some backup. <laughs> so he goes into the saloon, brings the horses right in with him. Love it. This was good. This was really good. And then shames Standish in front of the entire saloon that he's ripping off the blind school. This was social justice warrior Charles, and that's one of my yeah. favorite Charles. This was good. This was mm-hmm. good. Standish Caves and Charles and Joe get to pick out new horses and a wagon. I wrote, this was hot. Well, because, I mean, Standish doesn't feel shame about ripping off blind children, let's be clear. No. He puts doubt in the minds of the gamblers that Standish is fair. Right. So he's afraid his people are going to not gamble there. And they do start to kind of get up and leave. Yeah. So that's the only reason he caves. Not because he has some moral ground. Correct. So the next day, they're loading the blind children into the wagon when Harriet shows up. And Charles is mortified. (laughs) I have to give Michael Landon props here. (laughs) Whenever he thinks he's going to be trapped with Harriet... He he plays it so perfectly, like he is tra- he is traumatized. Yes, like you can you could see a panic attack happening. I want to immediately go to him and comfort him. Like he really plays. Yeah. It's like a real specific kind of panic that yep. he plays super well. Yep. Charles is like, this trip is gonna suck, Mrs. Olson. I don't think you should do this, Mrs. Olson. He's like coming up with all. She these. has to walk, basically. Yeah. Well, no, she doesn't have to. Oh, that's because right. he tells her that she can ride sitting next to Miss, Mr. Kagan, and she's appalled, Jen, because racism is racism is funny, right? Oh, God. Okay. Harriet says she'd rather walk, and Charles don't give a fuck. He's like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, I'm calling the headmaster broke down Einstein. He kind of looks like Einstein, but like a lesser version. There was version. that weird shot of him just standing there. <laughs> yeah, and I wrote, broke down Einstein is saying bye to the kids. And to Mary. <laughs> I wrote, hold on, I wrote, does he apologize to her for allowing his teacher, Adam, to take advantage of her at 16 years I old? Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Good point. The journey begins and some of the kids are walking and some are riding. Harriet is among those walking. They rest, and she takes out heeled boots to change into, and in a strange move, 
Kagan grabs them from her, rips the heels off them, and says, it's going to be a long walk. Best keep those feet on the ground. Oh, my God. That was a weird move because it was like he just grabbed them right out of her hand. Was this before or after they were walking across the river? Before. Okay. Yeah. So now we come to some water and some ominous music. And Jen, were you a little triggered? Like, whenever they have to cross yes. a river, are you, like, nervous? Since the since the pilot. Yes. Right? Yes. When, when Paul was, like, washing under the... Oh, I need to rewatch that. When Paul was washing under the wagon. Charles getting that wagon ashore was some of the hottest stuff, guys. And the betrayal of Jack. And the betrayal of Jack. <laughs> Charles tells everyone... Take off your socks and shoes. This is where we go wading. And they they hang their shoes slash weights around their necks. Just saying. Yeah, just saying. Harriet would rather point. walk through a river, Jen, than to sit next to a black person on a wagon. This whole, like, she's awful. Yeah. yeah. Charles is like, okay, here we go wading. So Joe Kagan tells Mrs. Olson, unless you can walk on it, you need to get in that water. <laughs> Which was great. <laughs> She falls in. Charles is laughing hysterical. Charles is loving this. Then we get, okay, so then we get this weird zoom in on Adam's face. <laughs> the weird zoom in vignette of I can't swim. Which looks I think like it is. impending doom. I think he can't swim and he's afraid of the water. He doesn't want to say anything and like, why? Why? Why are we concentrating on this right now? I don't know, but he's like, are there any more rivers up ahead? And Charles tells him, yes, but it's running slow. And he's like, good. It'll be easier on the children. Ominous music, closing credits. So either he can't swim or maybe there was some traumatic event in his life where someone washed away or drowned. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It didn't even occur to me that we could be facing an Adam tragedy, but you're right. Maybe it is that he can't swim. And he blames it on the children. Well, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, oh, I don't, want the, I don't want the children to... They seemed excited to get into water. Jenny, whose fault is this? <laughs> so, first of all, I'd like to go into the rage corner. Oh! The da, da, da. Okay, Jenny's going into the rage corner, and go. That makes me mad! Okay, I'm in the rage corner. Okay. No, just How about, is it in there? <laughs> just about how there was all this blatant racism in this, and, like, no one called Harriet out. No one said, that's not Okay. If they were trying to make the point of this is this isn't acceptable behavior, like this isn't good Christian behavior, which I feel like is the point they were sort of trying to make, mm-hmm. they didn't make it strong enough, in my opinion. This is because that behavior was allowed to go on. This is your rage corner. That's my rage. Corner. I feel like yeah. this should be an intensely worded statement corner because I didn't feel. <laughs> I would like to go into the intensely worded statement corner. <laughs> the rage corner is when I'm in there screaming. Okay, I'm in the intensely worded statement corner. Okay. That's not, that's more my style. Okay, yes it is. Okay, so whose fault is this? So you're going to disagree with this, but I'm going to... If you I, say I Charles, I'm going to beat you over the head. It's not Charles. This isn't Charles. I mean, it's, of course it is. He has them walking across the prairie again, but that's whatever. The f- whose fault is this is the church? <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. It is. And I, I know there's a, people want to say Standish, and I get that. Cause he, but again, he's just a horrible, awful person who's taking advantage of an opportunity. The fact that... Okay, so I just figured out what's wrong with this episode. Because you're trying to figure out who's at fault for the blind school debacle. I'm thinking who's at fault for the Joe Kagan debacle. That's the problem. There are two episodes in one. You know, like when we watch The Love Boat, there's going to be like five episodes in one. Right. I get that. But this is two distinct episodes. Why didn't we have that whole beginning with Joe Kagan? There's two different storylines moving along. But they're not even interconnected. I'm blaming the church for... Actually, you could blame the church for both of them. Different churches. Yes. Sure. Or did Hanson set up that whole, maybe Hanson's fault. <laughs> did he set up that whole, whoever Committee. set up that voting structure for the Walnut Grove Church, it's their fault. But my point is, these are two different episodes that are not intertwined. Harriet is just going on the blind journey, but that's not enough of a connection of the story. No. Yeah. 
It's really weird. But the, now that I think about it, like something church, was bothering me and I couldn't name it. The church in Winoka should have just found a different way to make money. Like, just find another way. Yeah. Unless, unless Standish made them an offer they couldn't refuse. Which is very possible. Then it's Standish's fault. Mm-hmm. But they just find another way to make money. Like, figure it out. Find something else. Like, why do you have to sell the blind school? When I hate when things don't sit right with me and just the structure of this episode does not sit well with me. Like, I just, right. Are you going to go in the rage corner about I that? Just or the strongly don't. worded statement corner? <laughs> I just don't understand it. Guys, like, why is the blind... Is this your Carrie's turkey? Is this episode your Carrie's yes, turkey? Yes, because I don't understand why we had the beginning with Joe Kagan. Maybe, okay. maybe, okay. maybe the Joe Kagan stuff should have been its own episode that delved deeper into the racial prejudices of Walnut Grove and resolved that better. Well, I think if you wrote the two of these episodes as one episode... It would make more sense because I think it's setting up the whole thing for the entry of Hester Sue. Maybe. Maybe. But be, but because there are two episodes, you because it seems like they're just like cut in the middle. Yeah, like, it's weird. It's real weird. It doesn't like end neatly and then start a new one. Um. All right. So, guys, at the end of... But also the church... Can I just get back to the church? Yeah. The church... Like, they're selling this... How long is this sale going to sustain them like they need to find a source of revenue right like they need to find it's so funny that even in 18 like one sale is only going to sustain them for so long that even in the 1870s the churches are going bankrupt i mean i feel like everybody was going bankrupt this time it was not an easy time except the railroads that's true and people like standish which apparently the whole railroad thing has been straightened out but Standish is a creature of opportunity. He probably knew the church was struggling and he wanted that building for a, for a, my, my whole question is there's open prairie around them for like 150 miles. Just build another building. Yeah. Why? Could, if you want a hotel, just build another building. Why couldn't Charles and Garvey just build a blind school? Cause that would, I mean, it, it would require a lot of money. Like Standish could do it. Cause you got, you have need materials and labor. Yeah. I don't know. You didn't say whose fault it is. Oh, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's Harriet's oh, fault, okay. but I also think it's the church's fault. I mean, it's Harriet's fault, too. Yeah. Harriet's just... Harriet, they're really painting her as a one-dimensional villain. Yeah, yeah, and they did the same thing and will do the same thing with Nellie. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and I think that's, like, a little bit of a sexism thing, for sure. Because it's always a woman. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of things going on. Yep. That, in little, this episode <laughs> just, like, took a turn. <laughs> We're going down a dark, dark road in season five. All right, at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and think of a theme or a lesson or something we took from the episode that we can identify as having stayed with us or or part of our generation in some way. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the statement, Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny, I'm going to go first with my why since we've talked about it a little bit. It's about racism, Jen. And my why is this is why you must not only teach your children to be anti-racist, but you must model it as well. Because I don't necessarily know if Harriet was sitting there telling Nellie all of this stuff, but Nellie is definitely going to be racist and so is Willie because they're seeing their mother do it. Right, modeling behavior is a big part of parenting, I hear. And in some weird world, I'm going to quote Dennis Leary, the comedian here. <laughs> okay. Who, who said many years ago, racism isn't born, folks, it's taught. I have a two-year-old son, and you know what he hates? Naps. End of list. <laughs> and while I don't love quoting Dennis Leary, he is absolutely correct. N- Nels, and my problem here is with Nels. Nels yeah. doesn't claim, Nels claims he isn't racist. But he's not raising his hand in church to allow Joe Kagan in. And he's not yeah. pushing back hard enough on Nellie and Harriet. Yeah. And Harriet or Nellie and Willie, being the children of these two, are going to see that. And the message yeah. that they are going to come away with is racism is okay. I mean, there's active and passive racism. Yeah. Yep. But modeling that shit for your kids is just as important as saying it to them. Yeah. All right, Jenny. What is your why? So I have, this is why, this is why, mine's related. 
This is why we thought it was okay to tolerate awful people and awful behavior as long as the awful person was being generous and pe- to the people who needed it and people were getting help. So oh. my theory is the reason they're not pushing back on Harriet, no, I don't know if they would or, or not, is because she's doing all the stuff for the blind school, right? But, like, mm. that doesn't absolve her from her behavior, right? And they, they kind of do the same thing. Like, people are benefiting off of Standish, right? They had all the these yeah. jobs that Standish was giving them. So they tolerated that awful behavior. We saw that in earlier episodes. Like, that's not okay. That doesn't absolve these people of, of this bad behavior. It just doesn't. Right. Like, it's, you know, like, it's that weird... Like, we're under the thumb of it because we need this thing that they're doing. And, like, it's just it's a horrible place to be. And they should say no. They should call her out on it. If she doesn't give money to blind school, then she doesn't. And they, have, they should try to figure out another way. But they're stuck, right? Like, this is the problem. Yeah. It all comes down to money. <laughs> it does. Like, what it you does. will and will, will not tolerate. Well, I mean, money money is control, right? Yeah. Like, money is control. Yeah. So, I guess. Poor Joe Kagan. I mean, dude just wants to say a prayer in church. Could dude you just imagine? run his farm? Like, like have a nice life. As someone who he almost died, as someone who does not know the Bible, does not know much about religion, it just feels like that is against the very tenement of Christianity that you would not let somebody into your yeah. church to pray. Yeah. I mean, it it would technically be against the teachings of jesus now old testament is a whole other story it's weird like, there's some crazy ass shit in the old testament yeah. but um like if you're looking at the teachings of jesus specifically and again i'm no expert on this but you know he taught to take care of the poor like yeah well for, take care of your neighbor like feed your neighbor love others like that was the whole teaching yep. thing. all right jenny why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next so we're doing part two of this horrifying journey that we're on. <laughs> we're renaming it Horrifying Journey Part One, <laughs> Horrifying Journey Part Two. We're on some kind of journey. It's actually it's awful. since since there's three episodes in one, it's like point two point three. <laughs> as the journey, the description reads: As the journey from the last episode continues, a woman by the name of Hester Sue Terhune is prepared to help teach at the new school, and she quickly gets into Joe Kagan's good graces, but not Harry Dolson's. Meanwhile, Adam reveals a dark secret about him, sir, himself, and issues concerning racism affect everyone. <gasps> oh my wow. god, did Adam kill somebody in a river? Okay, I don't know. I guess we could just guess on that until we watch the next episode. I think Adam drowned somebody in a river, and he has PTSD. Yeah, I'm sure that's what happened. Yeah, I'm sure that's what happened. <laughs> Back in the his days in the Civil War. <laughs> I imagine like young soldiery Adam would have been hot. He wouldn't have he wouldn't have been in the Civil War. He's too young. Yeah, I know. Because this is like the eighteen eighties. Okay, but he would he would have been hot if he were He would have been a child young during the Civil War. And in a, over eighteen though, guys, over eighteen. We we still <laughs> we still don't understand why the real paw wasn't in the war. That's so weird. No one no, knows. We don't. No one knows. Mm-mm. Maybe he was and just didn't talk about it. There's no record of him being in the army. Maybe he doesn't like to brag. At that time. So he didn't enlist. Because <laughs> he might, like, He just showed up. Oh, wait, I just have to tell you something real quick. Guys, you remember the Turkey Boys? Yes, I love the Turkey okay. Boys. Remember the famous phone call with the mechanic? I'm going to bring my tools. I'm going to come down there. I'm going to start work on Monday. I'll show up on Monday. And the guy's going, wait, guy, I have to hire you first. <laughs> my kid pulled one of these yesterday oh no she was she penelope samantha put in her application got a job interview but penelope put hers in a little bit late and didn't get the same interview so i told penelope call the guy make sure he got your application that's a way that you know you're going to get the interview so samantha goes i'll do it and i'll just pretend i'm you to penelope right no so she calls so samantha calls the guy and she's like this is penelope i'm just calling to see if you got my application and if i can come in for an interview (laughs) awesome and mom and i are going no no don't say that (laughs) awesome awesome (laughs) and part of me is like did samantha do that on purpose to sabotage penelope yes of course she did sure i'm not sure but anyway, so that happened. I just wanted to share because Jerky Boys, very Gen X-y. <laughs> did 
Did Samantha get the job? Has she heard she yet? She hasn't heard yet. How long does it... I heard it less time to get my job, I think. How long does it take for them to decide who's going to ring up a pumpkin? <laughs> I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. I don't know. All right, guys. So hopefully by the next time you hear this, my kids will be employed. Fingers crossed. Oh, my God. Fingers crossed. All right. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you like what you hear and would like more content, please consider joining our subscription service, Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes. Plus, you can hear our entire back catalog of bonus content we've recorded so far. Some of the movies we've covered are Jaws 3D, which was absolutely terrible, Teen Wolf, which may have been worse, Dead Poet Society, the best movie ever, and Summer School. We're also covering some amazingly terrible after-school specials, like Stoned with Scott Baio, and Which Mother is Mine, starring Mrs. Cunningham and Mary Ingalls. Brilliant. You can sign up for Patreon by going directly to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can download the Patreon app. Just search for Gen X This Is Why and subscribe. You can also visit our website at genxthisiswhy.com or visit the show notes where we have all of these links for you. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon. All right. All right. What is that now? Okay, I have to have my phone on so that I know when fucking Amazon people are texting me. I'll put it here so I can just see This is going to be an editing (laughs) funhouse. My life is a fucking nightmare right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.